Welcome into the PFF NFL Daily. Today, discussing the Carolina Panthers. It's the 3 0 Carolina Panthers, fresh off uh, almost pretty dominant Thursday night football win against the Houston Texans. But the story so far has been the Panthers' defense, Sam, doing a lot of unique things. They're creating a, a ton of pressure and they look really good. The youth movement that started last year in Carolina starting to pay off so far through three games. Yeah, I mean, I think the narrative coming out of this is going to be a lot of, hey, is Carolina for real? Are the Panthers for real? We've covered that a lot on the main podcast that, hey, look, the start of their schedule is actually pretty favorable. They're going to look quite good for quite a period of time. Let's not overdo that. Let's not jump too far. But the defense, I think, is a more interesting discussion because that's where all the investment went the second they hired Matt Rule. You know, his entire first draft, 100% defense. Everybody was on the defensive side. Those are the guys that take a little bit longer to get up to speed than just bringing in receivers that can hit the ground running. Um, and I think we're starting to see dividends. Those guys flashed last year. Jeremy Chin, Derek Brown. There were some games where they looked really good and it was a little bit of inconsistency. I think now we're starting to see all of it, though, come together. And they're doing some smart, schematic things to enhance the play of those guys. Yeah, and the, the schematic things that are working is they are, and, and we've heard a, a lot of people talk about this over the last few weeks and some in-depth breakdowns and everything, but the Panthers are really messing up pass protection for opposing offensive lines. And, uh, and it shows in our PFF numbers. They have the highest percentage of unblocked pressures per dropback in the entire NFL. So free rushers, guys that are just unblocked, again, after the quarterback. So that's a, that is a scheme thing, and it's it's been really impressive to watch. Um, the same caveat might apply here, Sam, when you talk about who they've played. The right. Saints in week two was very good, but in week one, it was the New York Jets, and uh, Mekhi Becton goes down, bit of a makeshift offensive line about halfway through that game. The Houston Texans with Davis Mills at quarterback, and then the Saints game, which was impressive. The Saints are down eight coaches. So let's at least lay that out there, but also give proper credit to the Panthers, creating unblocked pressure. You mentioned Derek Brown's development. Uh, de de development. He's been fantastic, but Brian Burns off the edge, free agent Hassan Reddick off the edge. They've got speed. They've got scheme. Um, Shaq Thompson, the linebacker, having a career year, kind of living up to, uh, you know, the, people think he's this great coverage linebacker who flies around the field. Hasn't always been the case in his career, but this year it is. So we're just seeing a lot of things really come together for this Carolina defense. Yeah, and look, the opposition is an important factor because it's not necessarily the quality of them, but when you're talking about um, causing problems for protection schemes by how you align and how you rush and where the rush is coming from, when you're dealing with rookie quarterbacks, that's going to be a way bigger problem than if you're doing it to Tom Brady, right? Which we'll find out later in the year how successful that is. But Zach Wilson and Davis Mills are not going to be as capable and comfortable with changing protection packages to pick up a blitz that you ne haven't necessarily seen before as Tom Brady. Now, Jameis Winston should be, you know, I know he's not been in that system for as long as uh, he was in others, but he's been in the league for a long time. He's been in New Orleans for a couple of years now. Um, he should have a pretty good grasp of how the protections work and, and how to deal with that. And they got after him a lot as well. So I think it is something that's going to work all season long albeit maybe not as successfully as it has against, you know, a couple of young quarterbacks so far. The other unique thing that the Panthers were doing, um, even starting last year, they draft Jeremy Chin uh, in 2020, and he's a guy who moved all over the formation. 
in and again from from our standpoint when we're when we're charting where these guys line up he was playing slot corner was playing legitimate linebacker depth in the box and also playing safety i mean it was it's one of those those combinations you just don't see and it was almost this even amount of, of all those three things you usually see a little bit of slot plus safety or a little bit of linebacker and a little bit of slot you usually don't see all three sam and and so that's um just another piece of the puzzle there they've they've maybe unlocked a another pass rushing force and morgan fox who's off to a great start through three weeks as an interior defensive lineman getting after the quarterback so again it's this nice combination of they're scheming it up keeping offenses off balance they've got a youth movement of of, of players that they're deploying in in different ways but also you know grabbing a veteran like a morgan fox as a not even a reclamation project but just fitting that into uh this puzzle that is the panthers defense so uh, fun to watch and an impressive start for this team. Yeah, um, and they, they haven't been doing that much kind of real creativity with the coverages. They're keeping the coverages fairly simple, cover three, cover one stuff. They're not rotating safeties a ton. They're mixing it up when they want to, and they're deploying it in specific situations, but they're not like, that's not a huge amount of that defense. One thing you just have to... Uh, feel a little bit sorry for them about is that they look like they've lost J.C. Horn, their number one draft pick uh, cornerback on Thursday night against the Houston Texans. Sounds like he's broken a foot and will be out for a while. That was a big blow because they were moving him around the formation a lot, using him uh, a ton, and he was having a good start to his career. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about where the Panthers are going, but first, don't forget, week two of football's in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And to kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. You don't want to miss this. You head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week three game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. And if Sportsbook's not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. This is a no-brainer. It's promo code PFF. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit at $1 wager required. One for customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Uh, with J.C. Horn going down, he was off to a good start, Sam. You know, top 10 pick at cornerback. Uh, a lot of people loved him in man coverage coming out. Thought it, it, He reminded me... Certain plays. He had certain plays on tape that reminded me of Marcus Peters as a playmaker. I know you weren't as high on J.C. Horn coming out, but I think you could at least see the high-end potential that he had out there. Um, losing him certainly could be an issue, but uh, Panthers going forward, I think they get tested. They got they got a, some time off here, but they do get tested October 3rd. They've got the Cowboys, then the Eagles, then the Vikings starting to play some better offenses coming up here. Yeah, and I like the way that they're using J.C. Horn or were using J.C. Horn before he went down. I, you know, I, I think he's got some issues with his game, but he's incredibly physical, incredibly strong, uh, an imposing defensive player that might go over the line and, and struggle a little bit of uh, on, at times if he's playing as a true sort of man-to-man corner out on an island, particularly against quicker, shiftier types of receivers. 
So they've kind of kept him away from some of that, and they've been using him more inside and, and trying to get him as around the football as humanly possible, you know, where you want a guy that brings that kind of physicality and can set the tone on defense in a way that cornerbacks often don't. So a lot of times you criticize teams for drafting a player with a particular skill set and then not seeming to have any clear idea what to do with him, you know, or just plugging him in to a cookie cutter role within a defense and hoping it works. But the Panthers look to have had a very defined and clear idea what they want to do with J.C. Horn. So I think you have to credit them for that. That look, if if I was drafting and picking between the two, I would grab Patrick Sertan over J.C. Horn every time. But the Panthers have clearly come in here with a game plan and said, Horn is perfect for what we want to do with this particular gig. When you're going and looking at who they played, because like, we got to review this again, the jet, let's look at the receiving cores, right? Because this is a factor with Horn there or not there. The Jets receivers, not the best group in the world. The Saints Hall of have, Famer? Corey Davis? Corey Davis. Well, well, they've got one Hall of Famer and then not a lot of depth behind Corey. The Saints with plenty of question marks and the Texans have Brandon Cooks and friends, right? When you play the Cowboys and they're at least the duo of Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, uh, the Eagles have some good young receivers there. Uh, the Vikings have maybe the best duo in the NFL and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. We're going to learn a lot more about the Panthers defense uh, very shortly with these next three games. Do you think they can keep it up here? Um, or is there a little bit of fool's gold attached? I want to give credit. Phil Snow, defense coordinator, like they said, they're scheming it up. They're playing well. What do you think happens going forward, though? Yeah, I mean, life's going to get tougher for them, right? Like I, this there's similar story to the offense. It's going to get more difficult. They're not going to look as good as they look right now. I think they're like the number one defense in the NFL in most categories at this point. I don't think they'll stay there throughout the entirety of the season. But unlike the offense, which I think might come down to earth once they start playing some better teams, I think the defense might actually maintain like a pretty high level throughout the year. They've got talent there. They're doing clever things. The things that they're doing, I think, will still play even against better teams. It will be more difficult. It won't be as successful, but it's still going to work. So we're just three weeks in. The Panthers, you mentioned the the stats where they're, where they're really good so far. Pressure rate is the best in the NFL. Over 50% of dropbacks, they're pressuring the quarterback, and they're number two in EPA per play allowed. So really impressive start by the Panthers. We'll see if they can keep it up. PFF, NFL Daily.